those yep. closed fists, right? Either give nor receive, but yeah. open hands can do both. And you appreciate it way more. And then you also are humbled by your ability that God's entrusted you with this yeah. stuff, right? That that's a lot of responsibility. So then you should pursue excellence. So you're talking about winning. And I, that's what I usually, usually think about is excellence. Like be excellent in every single thing you do. Welcome everyone to the Lifestyle Engineer Podcast. Almost forgot the name for a second because this is one of our earlier, earlier episodes here. Today I have Eric Freedom on with me. He's the author of his almost released book, soon to be released book. Correct? Yeah, we'll be we'll be officially official like probably like in a week. Um, awesome. But yeah, we are. I mean, it's available. It's just not very searchable yet. Gotcha. For for, for a good reason. Don't run yeah. from the fight and. He's also affiliate owner. He's a gym owner of Reason Fitness. We were just chatting about this just prior to hopping on here that we're both affiliate owners, but our gyms are under a different name, right? So mine is Greater Purpose Health, Greater Purpose Health and Fitness. Yours is Reason Fitness. Yep. Uh, but really excited to chat. So <laughs> being in that, our, my, my show is a little more free-flowing. And yeah, I would say Eric and I are more visionaries and we can go off on tangents, but we're going to try <laughs> to keep it as focused as possible. So I'm going to start off with just a simple question. I guess maybe it's not a simple question. Tell us about your book that by the time this is released, we'll be able to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this has been a two-year project. Uh, I was thinking it was supposed to be out. So from when I had signed the uh, publishing agreement with my publisher, I thought it would be like a seven, seventh month project because of just how much stuff was already backlogged. Like there's so much, I had so much like journal writings and um, already written stuff that I was like, okay, there's not going to be, in my mind, it was just, this is just editing and piecemealing it together. And, and um, it's kind of like um, if you're, if you're in the fitness space, it's kind of like meal prep. All right. So it's like, I, I already, I thought I had thought in my mind, I already batch cooked like all this salmon, I batch cooked um, all this uh, ground beef and then all my veggies, and my, my, my refined carbohydrates, my grains. And it's just like kind of piecing it together. And then, you know, we have a meal and lo and behold, two, two years later, you realize um, the book gets scrapped so many times and you realize that it's not just this quick um thing and i think part of that process has been because it's my first book right um and it's kind of like opening your first business of any type it's it's scary it's um knowing that you're putting something out into the world that it and once it's out there it kind of it doesn't belong to just you anymore right. um there's a lot of there's a lot of thought that goes into that and there's a lot of back and forth and i think my publisher is also a young publishing company. They're only three years old. So they, they really want to get it right too. Right. So <clears throat> it's been a three, it's been a two year project. Uh, amazing surreal that it, I was able to get the, you know, the physical copies in 2022. Um, and we should be available on other platforms in the next like probably five weeks. Barnes and Noble, um, Walmart, stuff like that. Super exciting. Oh, that's extremely exciting. Yeah. Super, super exciting. Um, it feels surreal. I, you know, it's a labor of love. It's a labor of love. And it's, it's something that I hold extremely close to my heart. And I think I was trying to explain this to one of my friends yesterday. And what I was trying to explain was this idea of, you know, you, you, you know, you remember when you first opened a gym and you, you're taking on the identity of like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I went from a coach to a business owner. Yep. <clears throat> and for me, that, that shift took a long time. It took, it took a while before I, you know, I was only 25 years old. I was training to be competitive. And I don't know that my mindset was that of a business owner that was ready to steward the responsibility of leading others and creating a, <clears throat> a narrative for people that they could walk in and live in and because because i was a kid myself trying to figure it out and you know come 10 years we're 10 years this year right 2023 is our 10 year um affiliation as a crossfit gym um we who i am today is very different from who i was 10 years ago when i yeah. first started this business i was literally a different person and that person attracted different types of people 
I believe that this person now, I mean, I'm, I'm not extremely hands-on in my, my, my gym. I am more of like a leader and I let my team operate, but you know, as far as who I am now versus who I was then, it's just, it's, it's a complete 180. So I think for me, taking on this idea of being an author and, you know, being 35 years old this year, there is that struggle of wanting to be an overnight success or wanting to like whatever defining success is you want to do it right as especially being a high performer you want to win in the realms that you're in and i've been able to kind of where i've been able to approach it differently is it's been this three year uh it's it's like i've been able to backtrack and say hey i'm gonna give myself three years five years ten years to to live into this identity and, and become this person and there's no pressure for me to figure it all out right now you know, that's, that's been a cool thing to kind of see for myself. Yeah. I selfishly, I want to ask more questions about the process of writing a book, but I like what you're talking about. The identity piece is that sometimes you got to step into living into that before you like that identity piece before you feel like it. Right. Like, so I think I opened a gym up, I think I was 22. Right. So really young, uh, I co-owned it co-founder and I didn't really think of myself as an owner. I didn't even realize that it was possible to be like an owner without being a coach. Right. I didn't realize that for, we're in the same mentoring group, two brain business. I didn't realize that until I started working with them. And I was like, Oh, this is a, an identity that you can have. This is a, this is a thing you can step into and you can be. So I like how you're talking about stepping into these things and stepping into them and not that it's because I, I talk a lot about with my coaching clients like not letting themselves become wrapped up in that as an identity but it could be part of you right you can step into these different roles these different platforms with how you've been gifted and who you've been created to be and obviously that's what you're doing so it's awesome I'm really excited for you on that yeah i think the funny thing is as I go through this process, I can even read my own book and take steps to, um, cause my whole, my, my entire book is basically a, fr- uh, a framework, right? And I'll share a, lo- a little bit about how I developed it and even got into this space of, um, kind of processing thoughts and, and growing through it. <clears throat> and all of it does, you know, everything that we, everything that we do comes from the experiences that we have in life, right? Everything that we do is comes from reflection. And taking back and I think for me, <clears throat> fortunately enough, in the last couple of years, I've been more reflective and I've, t- I've taken strides to become slower in the things that I'm doing. And in that thought, and I think the one of the biggest things was COVID, right? COVID hits and suddenly everybody's thinking about what am I doing? And especially us being in the industry that we're, it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. <clears throat> Who am I? And like, where, where am I going? You know? And I realized in 2020 that I I was not the only person asking that question. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2019, I think I started to get prepared for it um, and and I couldn't see it back then, but I see how I was being positioned to work on these things. I started having a lot of people come to me, excuse me. And, um, they're, going through depression or going through some of the hardest times in their life, they're going through being laid off. And um, yeah, they, I had to, you know, I was, I was the, per, that was the first line of defense for these people in having these conversations. <clears throat> Did I feel prepared? Probably not at the time, um, no. but I'm, I'm, but I'm there, I'm present and I, I'm, I'm the person that they're, they're talking to. So a lot of these, um, so I basically like I share a framework that I'm, I'm even currently going through right now, not maybe not to the extreme that I did when I, when I was younger, but there's basically like a five pillar framework that I share throughout the entire book. Um, and basically like there's five strategies, um, and the five strategies are number one, it's committing to win. So you have to, you have to want to win. Um, so many people start are, are where they are in their lives. And they feel like whatever they have or whoever they are is that's kind of it. Um, there's no, there's no momentum or or there's no impetus to change. Um, and the truth is that it has to come from an internal 
um, desire to change and to want to commit to whatever you've defined winning as, whatever you feel like you've been called to do. And so many of us live short um, of the fullness of the calling that we are meant to live in, right? So the, it starts with that commitment first. Yeah. Uh, but but unfortunately, too many of us are distracted, or um, there are external factors telling us who we should be, or who or the things that we should pursue. Um, and you know, it's unfortunate. So that's the first thing. The strategy ones we we got to commit to win. We got to go. Um, second thing is we got to claim our power. So what we do is we reevaluate the mindsets that take our power. Uh, we reevaluate our emotions, um, and then we're we're taking action on that and. <clears throat> we're, we're walking towards in a direction where we would proclaim the power that we do have that maybe w- that has lived um, dormant for, for many years of our life or maybe many seasons that we've had. The third one is uh, creating a team and putting, putting people around us that um, I'm a big team guy. I grew up playing team sports. So knowing that, that even in a team, um, even if, you, if, if it is you, your performance, you feel like is up to you. Knowing that being in a team setting is going to be what makes you successful. And especially I think men have a really big problem. Although I'm learning through having a female coach, like more female coaches on my staff in the gym and just being around more women that are like doing work in their lives that apparently women have similar issues uh, that I didn't know about. Like I didn't know that women were as catty with each other as apparently they are, or Mm. apparently women are way more competitive. Like they're constantly judging each other. Mm. Or it's like, I was like, I, I was not, I thought women just got along really well easily. And I was not aware of that culture that exists. But I think there is an epidemic. Uh, so I actually wrote a whole chapter on this. Um, I call it the epidemic of male isolation. <clears throat> and one of the biggest problems I see in society today is we've created an ecosystem where men are, we've been fooled into thinking that we can thrive alone. And where you can see it most apparently is and I think in the younger generation, and this is a knock on the younger generation, but just an observation that I'm seeing where they're trying to replicate that feeling of having a team everywhere else outside of actually being on a team. So number one, video games. I was um, just to say, yeah. Yeah, they, they have all these games on the team, but you're playing with people that you've never met. And I think as someone that participates, like I play Call of Duty, um, but not actively. I played maybe once, maybe twice a week for 30 minutes at a time kind of just like an outlet for me. But I remember during COVID when I was completely addicted Mm. because I was using it as a coping mechanism for a feeling of loneliness. Yep. You know? You're escaping Um, into it. Absolutely, yeah. And some people probably don't want to hear this, but the second thing that we uh, a lot of men escape into is pornography. Um, You are lacking real life intimacy and you go and seek it out in these really disturbed and not realistic ways. And you're... Um, you know, obviously, uh, I don't know, kind of, I don't know if this is allowed on the channel, but, but yeah, obviously, um, obviously pornography is usually coupled with masturbation, right? So <clears throat> you are handling a need that is completely, um, about you mm. and handling something that is making you feel less lonely. You know, um, I, I'm someone that's not completely free from it. So I know that when I'm, I feel tempted or, or where I feel like I'm, I need to cope with loneliness. I know that the only reason why I'm doing it is because it's because of loneliness, you know. And I'm married with three children, right? So, um, so creating a team is really, really important. Um, having that corner and having like a, a board of directors that speaks into your life is is what's going to help you claim your power and then re re uh, re reframe and recommit to your your commitment to win on a regular basis. <clears throat> the fourth strategy is to get to challenge your stories. So the stories that have existed in the past can be the ones that hold you back from stepping into the future. And so many of us don't realize that these stories that we that, that are completely real. So there's, oh, there's a twofold to this. There are the stories that <clears throat> have existed. Like I opened up the story and um, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but um, my, so the opening scene of the book is, probably the most traumatic thing I've experienced in my childhood. And it was, uh, I was about 10 years old and I, I walk into, so I, I'm, I'm in my living room having, it was like, it's like, it's like late afternoon. Um, I think it's like, it's just, it's either sad. It's, it's a weekend for sure because everybody's home. And I walk into my living room, looking at my brother, watching TV. We sit down. Um, I think I can even remember what was on it. I think it was like, uh, 
You guys have Nickelodeon up there? Yeah. Okay, and there's this show called like My Brother and Me. So like these two like uh, two African American brothers, and they're just like being kids. And um, I think I that was on. I was playing. I remember the smell of like soup being made in my kitchen. Um, my nanny was um, my babysitter was making some soup, and then I hear a gunshot. And um, everybody like everybody knows what a gunshot sounds like. It's either that or something like exploded. It's one or the other. But you you can tell like like no matter what something's not right, something is wrong. So my my babysitter grabbed like she like comes over she says hey you need to go outside, and so to give you context like why she didn't go outside is because um, in like so I'm I'm a I'm a second generation <clears throat> like a Ta- my parents are Taiwanese immigrants so they're they're like in immigrant culture you 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 tend to not to get into people's businesses. Um, and she wasn't really part of our family. So she, I don't think she felt like it was her place. So I'm the eldest son, even though I'm 10 years old. So she's like, Hey, go outside. So my brother is in, like, he, I, I walk outside my brother's side. I start walking towards the back of my, my, my backyard. <clears throat> I turn a corner and I hear a second gunshot. And what I see is my mom, like literally like leaning against a bumper of her, of her car. And my dad's holding a gun. And um, it's crazy for me to like replay it now. Like every time I even talk about it, it it's really hard to 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 visualize because it's it's to this day like um, twenty five years later. It's it's painful to think about. And he missed both times. Thankfully, um, he was he was very drunk, and you know to think that he was in a really bad place in his life at that time. Like now, 25 years later, <clears throat> I have a relationship with my father. I, I, I've kind of rekindled and and, and worked towards having a, a healthier. Like I, I wish we were better friends, um, and I, I don't know that it will get there in my lifetime. And it, it sucks to even say that out loud publicly, but the fact that we have one is amazing. But to go back to that scene, um, you know, my mom is like shaking, shivering. Right? It's like this fight or flight stuff right here. She 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 sees me make eye contact and I bolt towards back into my house. And because it was almost like an unsaid that I wasn't supposed to see that. Mm. Um and and then there's like there's like the the rest of that day was just like back and forth. My dad was, you know, my mom called his brother and my my grandfather, who's who's now not alive, but they were basically like holding him back from, you know, I don't know what he was going to do, but she barricaded herself in the master bedroom. And when I, when I look back on that night, it was that evening, it was probably one of the most confusing times of my life because as a young man trying to figure myself out, you know, I had, I had felt the, the tension for years because they had kind of been like on and off separated, trying to work things out and, things just couldn't work out. And I don't think my dad had the resources or the tools or the time to, for reflection or the team around him to be successful, to navigate such a season in his life. So instead of being a person that was being, I think he was often just doing because he was just so focused on doing the next thing. And honestly, like in hindsight, with, with good intention, I think he wanted to be a provider. I think, you know, he he was raised in a day and age where there was a lot of male stoicism. So I'm like my grandfather, outside of anger, I've never seen him really share many much emotion. Very, a very stoic, serious man. Um yeah, so so that's kind of like the beginning of the story, right? And and that's a story that I I honestly buried for years. I I didn't even realize that it was something that I had experienced because I buried it for like probably the next. 10, 10 plus, like, I honestly didn't even revisit this story until my late twenties, you know? Um, so that, so we have to challenge the things that, the, and then, so that, that's, those are the external things that happen, right? Then there's the internal dialogue of the story that we tell ourselves about who we are. Um, and we have to challenge those things. Otherwise we don't know what is real and what is not. And we don't know, um, we don't know how to 
birth new stories from those old stories. So what we do is we stay stuck living in those stories. And then the, the fifth strategy of the book is constructing your future. And it's understanding the difference between your potential and the purpose that you've been made for. And understanding that your purpose grows with you in every season of your life, but that we all have deep, deep power and purpose. And that's what we were made for. And until we have, we, we like a light bulb switches on, we, we don't live in the fullness of it until we've decided that we want to walk in the fullness of it. Um, so that's kind of like a quick thought, like a quick summary of what, of what the book talks about. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Sharing yeah. that story that that's, uh, that's super impactful. I have all lots of notes because there's a lot to unpack in there. Um, yeah. first, thanks for sharing that story. I hadn't heard that story before. You asked if I had, or you shared that with me. That's super impactful. So we're both Christians, right? And we, yep. so how do you, so when you, you mentioned something about success, what is success to you? Yeah, that's good. That's, um, that's something that I've been asking myself today, you know, even today and in every season, <clears throat> I reevaluate what success means. I think for me in, in this season, so this answer may not be the same in a year, you know, or in five years. Mm. In this very specific time, um, I think that, I, I think in, in regardless of, of what time or what season you're in, I think success is like doing the best of what you've given, but what, what you've been given. Uh, I think that's that might be a, either a uh, coach paternal patern, patern, it's a football coach or coach wooden that's one or the other um but uh i've been reading a book that was right now gifted uh it was gifted to tim tebow uh, it's really old like I, I had to buy it off ebay because tim tebow mentioned it in the podcast with uh pastor craig rochelle and i was like you know i'm a, I'm a book nerd so I, I i went and like started googling it and uh it was like not available for purchase anywhere so I was like, what is this like? Is this like some, like, what is this mysterious book? And this book is just all about uh, this guy that was a, uh, he was he was a coach around a lot of winners. So he does, ironically, uh, like O.J. Simpson's in it too, right? So that tells you how old it is. Um, but it's just quotes from like the highest performers in the world. So he literally uh, interviews them and, and there's a, there, was a, there was a section on success. So I actually been reflecting on that question a lot. Um, I think in every season it is, have I stewarded to the best of my ability, what I've been given? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, that that's in every season you can answer that, but I think right now, I think I would define, you know, if we want to go into KPIs, um, I have three young children. Um, so I know uh, you probably know Sean Ryder something that he shared, uh, in yep. his vivid vision for the next three years was being famous in his own home. And I think mm -hmm. that that was something that I adopted for me for, at least for this year is I've been doing a lot and, and I'm going to continue to do a lot because I, I want to, I, that's, 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 it's why I'm wired that way. I want to, I want to perform, but I also want to perform out of a place because um, I love to serve people and I love to help. And I love to, I'm a fixer. I love to fix people's problems. I love to fix myself. And, <clears throat> but no, like there's no role more important than my family right now. And being, um being present for them and being famous in my own home like i don't think there's any amount of success i have outside would be would mean nothing if i was failing my children and failing my wife so right. i think and that, that kind of plays that plays on the stewardship too right oh 100 like if, if you think it's you're stewarding your family you're stewarding like you've have the opportunity to be lead your family to lead your business to lead this these stories that are now in your book that are going to impact people. So I, that really resonates with me when you say steward, and that's what I think it is, right? We're, we're simply a steward of everything we have. It's not ours yeah. to own. It's not ours to keep. It's not ours. And as soon as we start to grip it, right? As soon as we have yep. those closed fists, we've talked about this a lot, those yep. closed fists, right? They can yep. either give nor receive, but yeah. open hands can do both and you appreciate it way more. And then you also are humbled by, your ability that God's entrusted you with this yeah. stuff, right? That that's a lot of responsibility. So then you should pursue excellence. So you're talking about winning 
And I, that's what I usually, usually th- think about is excellence. Like be excellent in every single thing you do. I think yeah. as a believer, we should be, do, be the best we can be in everything we can without letting it take over our lives and getting lost in it as yeah. part of our identity. Because as soon as it's part of your identity and you can't let it go, you have that closed fist, it's yep. becoming an idol. It's becoming something that is controlling you, you not stewarding yep. it. Yeah. It's funny because as you say that, we have had conversation on that. And actually, one of those stories actually made it into the book. And there's actually a little, a little, not not a chapter, but like a mini, like a mini section where I talk about living with clenched fists. And it's funny because um in that story, oh boy, I don't know if you can hear that. My boy, my son is running around. That boy has lead feet, dude. Um I can hear oh, a little bit, so not bad. Oh well. my goodness, holy moly. It's like it's a it's like a, a uh, what do you call it? Earthquake in my house. Um, but yeah, there's a scene where in the book, I'm, I'm sitting in my, my kitchen table, um, doing some homework and I hear a knock on the door. Now I, this is fast forward from, from the first scene I just told you, it must be like five years later or something like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's weird. And this is at this time, by this time, my, 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 my parents are divorced and so my, my dad would get like custody, like custody of my, my brother sometimes, or technically me too, but I refuse to spend any time with him. So, so my brother being younger, your brother younger. Okay. Yeah. He's ask. five years, he's five years younger than me. And my mom was a little bit more, I guess, not, not like decisive. Was, I can't find the right word, but it was like, she basically for not forced him, but it was like, Hey, like you need to go spend time with your dad because I think she felt bad that we wouldn't have a relationship with him at all. And at the cop, and she probably felt like guilty that it was because of her not being in a marriage anymore that I wouldn't have like a father figure. Right. So she actually encouraged myself as well too. But I, can I ask I was a question own, on that before? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that says a lot about your mom, right? Like that's, that experience had to be a lot for her and to have that grace and be like, no, you need a relationship with your father still. Like that's gotta be hard. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it's, I think like, I'm like, I'm shaking my words right now because my mom is probably the strongest person, like one of the strongest people that I've ever known in my life. Yet, even her, I see the brokenness and the, the lack of resolve in her. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a sense of like not opening up old wounds and trauma that she's not willing to work through. And I even see it or not, like it's, and it's ironic that I'm nearly half her age and I'm here almost coaching her into these things now. I'm like, hey, mom, like, you know, because she called, she, I remember one day she called me out of the blue and she's like, Eric, you, you, you and your brother keep saying, like, you've said it more than once where you feel like I need therapy. You think there's something wrong with me? And I was like, mom, why does it have to be something wrong with you? You know, and, and she, she was, she's like, well, you keep saying I need therapy. I was like, mom, I've gotten therapy. Like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> you know, and she didn't know how to receive that. She, mm. I think she, she, and I don't know what it is, but she's, she's labeled doing the self-work as like you, you, you're broken. And, and it's true. We all are, but she has trouble accepting that narrative. Right. As true. You know, she doesn't share the same beliefs as I do. And, the same and she hasn't you know we have very different experiences but she is one of the strongest so even like looking back on it like she shielded my brother and i from a lot of things a lot of things you know a lot of hurts that probably would have damaged us in different ways and i i feel bad actually yeah so she she was very graceful towards my father and i i wish that she would show herself some of that grace too though mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. yeah um Sorry, yeah i interrupted you yeah, you're talking about yeah. close fists too yeah, and you know, so so I'm, so yeah, so my my brother would have be spending time with my father because he like kind of legally had to, I guess, and technically I I, I should have too, but I just I just refused to. I was like, I, like I I literally used, like started to say stuff like, oh, like that, like I don't have a father, um, and it's crazy because like no, like it, it that didn't come from my mom, it came from me. I was like, oh, I don't have a dad, like, um, or I, I would joke that uh, I used to joke like on Father's Day. I used to go to my mom's room and be like, hey, happy Father's Day, mom. Mm-hmm. Um, because she, I, I felt like she was my dad and my mom, you know? 
And but yeah, so so that was the narrative of of my relationship and context with my my father in that season. And long story short, I hear a knock on the door, and it's my dad at the door with my brother. And I'm 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 there. I'm I'm, I'm kind of and I actually have a friend over at the house too. But I'm sitting there, and I open the door and I say, "Hey, what? Like, why are you here?" And in my mind, I'm like, "You're not even supposed to be here for like another few hours." But in my mind, as a as an angsty teen, I'm like, "Oh, like, look at you abdicating responsibility again. Look at you not taking care of business, not being like not being a good father." So I look, I, I I didn't say any of it, but I thought it, and I like, I I was ready to fight. Like, dude, like, like as soon as I opened the door, I saw it was him. I was ready to fight. I was angry. Because anger was the only emotion that I had known how to feel in that season mm-hmm. for many years. So, so I saw so I'm like, all right, I, I'm like, all right, get in. So I tell my brother, get in. And I look at my dad and and I just like I'm like processing, like, man, this guy would he like if I wasn't here, Pat, like Pat would have been alone by himself. Like, what a selfish person. You know, and I just felt like coldness over my entire, you know, you know, like I don't know if you ever felt that before. Like this entire, like a, almost like a almost like a gust of wind and coldness comes over your body because you're so mad. Um, and, you know, your, your, your face just completely hardens and you're, 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 you know, you're like a, you're your fists, your fists are on, the, on your sides and you're just, you're just glaring at him with anger. And it's crazy because I, I think back on it and I was like, man, he would have whooped me. <laughs> like, he probably, probably would have whooped me. But I literally like, I got in his face and I was like, hey, you know what? And my my dad was basically like, hey, like, what's your problem? And I was like, and I, I'm just angry. And I look at him, I'm like, you know what? Like, like, don't even, don't even walk any further. And at that point, you know, they they had been like divorced for a little bit, but I I started to feel like this was my territory. This is my house. I'm the man of this house. So get out. And we uh, he he came up like probably like like half an inch from my face, you know. And um. I thought that we were going to fight and he, and he walked away and it's funny because he had walked away, got in the car and drove away. And I thought that I had won in that moment. Like, you know, it's like, I, I got, I've, I got, I got these clutch fists. I'm like, I'm ready to fight. But actually, I I, I didn't win anything in that moment. It was, it was, it was false. It was a fabricated idea of what it meant to win. Um, because you can't win with a closed fist, you know? Um, and th- that kind of became this, this um, narrative over my life where I realized that so often in our lives, we, we choose to fight the wrong battles in our lives. You know, we hold on to the wrong things in our lives where really we, we should be having open hands. Um, so it's the story that you told or that you bring it back up reminded me of that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that. So you said you have a better relationship with your father 25, you say 25 years later? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's been the catalyst to that? Is You mentioned your grandfather is stoic. Is your dad pretty stoic too? Has he, if I can ask, has he visited that, like that, that moment and yeah. been remorseful or repentant of that? Yeah, so about about three, maybe three or four years ago, I asked my dad out to 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 lunch one day, and I basically told him like, "Hey, I remember all of this. I remember all this stuff that happened when I was when I was younger, and um, it was hard for him to hear it, you know." And he started just sharing and reflecting on the relationship that he had with his own father, and I remember I, I remember this probably for the rest of my life because. My dad starts crying and he says, my biggest regret is I never told your grandfather that I loved him. Even as he was dying, I didn't have the boldness or the, I just, I didn't know how to say it to him because it's not something that I've ever told him my entire life. Now imagine that. Imagine going through nearly 60 years of your life and you you haven't told your father who's you know not like 90s at this point that you love him and he's about to go um and it's because it's something that wasn't modeled for him you know my grandfather 
has never told a single one of his children, he has five children, I think, that he loves any of them. Did he show it in his way? Absolutely. He, 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 uh, my, 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 my father, my dad calls it like a silent love. Uh, he tried to send my, my dad and his siblings to the best schools. He worked really hard to provide financially. Um, and a lot of that my dad took on himself to, to be more successful in his own right. Um, so yeah, I, you know, his, his relationship with his father was one of, I think, fear. It was one of fear, one of immense respect and love in their own way, but maybe not love in the way that anybody needed in that relationship. Yeah. Right. You talked to, you said something about that. You, you said boldness and boldness to say, I love you. And I think, so I, my coaching program, I help, I help ladies, I coach men and ladies, but mostly men. And yep. it's called the true alpha. I call it that because I want to help create leaders that are actually true leaders. And part of that is being bold and vulnerable, being bold in that love, being bold in that submissive way that we see as weakness, right? Our, our world yeah. shows as weakness or that's masculinity is having the courage and the confidence to speak love to people because you know, it doesn't take away from you. You know that you, you are strong enough in character to take down your, your, your armor. And that's, that's a true leader. That's a true alpha, meaning you don't have to puff up your chest. It's not about fighting. It's not about success or millions of dollars or all these cars. That doesn't mean you can't have success in the world's eyes, but it should not define you as a leader. It should not define you as a man or what's, what's out there right now. Because I, I know if you, you scroll social media, all these people flashing their success in front of everyone and saying that they're 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 the alpha they're they're the man because they have all this i guarantee they're not happy inside they're not fulfilled right because that's that's not how we we're made to live yeah you can have those things but a true leader is someone who is confident strong submissive meek humble all those things yeah that re that really resonates i mean we're we drive and live and run in very similar lanes. Um, yep. Even, even I think even our frameworks are probably really, really similar. Yeah. Um, but when I, yeah, it's that really resonates in the sense that even the way that I'm coaching too, same thing. I, it came from a place where it, it came from myself. I had experienced it first, right? It's a little hard to lead people anywhere that you, you haven't gone. You can, but mm -hmm. not, not as well. Yep. And I realized that I was, you know, after I'm, I've been a coach for like 16 years now, right? And you're coaching people and you think you're helping them with this like aesthetic outside problem. You realize that all of their problems are internal. 100%. And even, even when it comes to their physical bodies, the physical body is so tied to um, the spiritual, the emotional, um, the mental side of things. And it's not just one, it's not like, I would say that the physical expression, sorry, the physical body is in, outside expression of the internal soul right mm -hmm. and so many of us i think forget forget to the that 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 is the reality uh when i i just had this conversation yesterday on a coaching call and one of my clients um we're going through like a big transformation with this person and it's crazy because he's only he's only been with me for six months now and he's had probably one of the most awesome physical transformations so far and we're just starting to like tip of the iceberg of everything else Right. But but part of the conversation keeps going back to like who is it that we want to become, and I never thought that I would be coaching in this way. You know, it's like okay, hey, I'll send you your programming. You want this goal? Mm. You want to be able to lift this way and this that, and it kind of ends there. But um, even at our gym at Reason, we have kind of five pillars of health. We have um, we have movement, so like exercise, training, you know, movement, mindset, how we think, mm -hmm. right? Sleep is how we how we uh, rest and recover right 
Um, and then connection with others is, is, is humongous. Is people don't, we forget that connection is such a big part of our overall health. We call it the five factors of health, right? That it's not, uh, it's not just about being alone and being this like, I, I think when you're, and I think people think that when it comes to fitness, it's a very um, individual sport and, you know, us being in industries that we're in, we know that it's, it can completely feel like a team sport. Yeah. If you, if you, if you let it be right. So we, so we look at these five, five pillars and I start to realize, oh man, th there can be mastery and flow in these, but once they, once they've kind of tapped and started to get some rhythm into these, the physical five factors of your health, you know, there are other factors, which, you know, we've talked about on We the Trust, which are spiritual, emotional, mental, uh, physical, obviously is one of them, and then financial. And these all, we have to have a bigger vision of where we want to go with these because our physical bodies are just one part of, and really important part and pillar of who we are. But often we find, we think that that's kind of the end all be all. But how many people do you know that have six or eight packs, have ch like chiseled physiques, but are some of the most insecure people on the planet? Yeah. Yep. A lot. Think about uh, Liver King, right? Case in point. Right. Yeah. That's because he needs to he needs to hang out with the Ice King. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so for those that don't know, I do coal exposure and I post it. And uh, Eric says I need to be ice. What did you say? I need to call myself the Ice King, or yeah. else. Yeah, or else, <laughs> or else, or else. Yeah, I think so. Talking about your framework, and we're so we are in very much the same mindset the same framework of where we're working from is our gyms is and i work from for my true alpha program too is mental spiritual relational professional and physical right like making the deposits in all those areas yeah. you can have stacked deposits so then it becomes about what are you inputting instead of what do you want to receive from these and that's what you're mentioning is everyone i shouldn't say everyone a lot of people want a six pack eight pack they yeah. want this the nice car they want the nice house they want the happy family they want the prestigious career they want the influence they want the power they want all these things but they're not realizing that's not where the meaning is right the meaning is in the journey that maybe will lead to those things don't get caught up in thinking that those things are going to give you the happiness you want because even even like having a strong relationship with your family a happy relationship is super important but as soon as you put that on the pedestal as the reason you're going to feel happy and successful and have meaning in life you're 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 doing it wrong right it, the idea is to show up as that person and make the deposits in all these areas of life and whatever the outcome is the outcome will be because we're not going to decide how our life goes we're not we don't know our whole purpose while we're here on earth but we can live yeah. with purpose and we can be yeah. driven to pursue excellence in everything we have the opportunity to yeah, steward. Bro. Absolutely. I think as you said that, I, I, I kind of wanted to ask you a question, just see what you yeah. think. Cause I, cause I think I'm, I'm not, I think I know you've gone through this. I know I have, I've chased those things. Mm -hmm. I absolutely have chased those things. I've even though, even when I've, I've told myself that I'm not, I like, I have chased those things. Do you feel like you have to almost walk in the direction of what is wrong before you know what is right like is, is that is that a requirement or is that is that a skippable step i think you know? yeah this is a good question so i'm not i'm not uh out of that but i ever struggle with that every single day and i think we always are i think i know this is probably a quote so i'm not going to say i made it up but wisdom is learning from your mistakes right and true like deep wisdom is learning from someone else's mistakes so I know all these things. I've heard all these things that don't chase this, don't do this. But I think a lot of times we have to go through that ourselves in order to have that change. Because I think there's two ways someone changes. They have that, the ability to look at their life and say, the direction I'm going isn't a good way to go. Then they change the tra trajectory. Or the second one is something, a two by four hits them over the head and changes the trajectory for them, right? Yeah, absolutely, dude. I was like, are you, 
I was like, are you plugging my podcast right now? <laughs> yeah, we're going to hop on that after this too. Yeah, right, so. right. That's how I was, I was like, I was like, I was like, true wisdom is learning from other people's mistakes. I was like, okay, I see, I see where you're going with that. Um, that's amazing, man. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I think, I think, especially in today's day and age, we have so, so many resources out there and, and those things have been around for years. The only thing that has changed in, I think, in the last <clears throat> 20 years is how we access information and who we are able to access it from. But I feel like we before, I mean, there's so many, there's so many books out there now that you can read. There's so many podcasts that you can listen to. There's like media at all time. We, we are literally fighting for your, like people are fighting for companies and people are fighting for your attention. Yep. And yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's really, and that's one of like the audits I talk about too in the book is like, it's really what we choose to give our attention to, you know, and what we choose our, to give our attention to is, is, is the things that we will take in. Like we are learning whether we like it or not at every single moment, right? And, you know, now we have the gift of being able to learn from other people's successes, not just their successes, but not just their successes, but their mistakes as well. And and, and those are just as valuable as learning from the successes as well. And I think, I think, you know, just in, in line with what you said, I think so many people are, are so are also so focused on this idea of I will be successful when, when I, when my, like, when my family is like this, I will be successful. And that's that's a tough reality because then then it, you you are you are constantly living in this space of oh it's when I so you know it's like there are people that are saying oh like when my family is complete and I have a like a like like a quote unquote regular nuclear family like I will be healthy. Well, how do you yeah. deal with that in the context of divorce? Hmm. So you're saying that that person can't have a healthy family, right? Right. So we have to rewire a lot of these things and, and these frameworks of what it means to be successful in the things that we're pursuing um cars same thing like there's nothing wrong with having a great like a like a sports car or like a like a like a oh. supercar or anything like that i know plenty of successful amazing people that that have those things but how many people chase those things because they're trying to and this is something i struggle with almost like skip a level in life where it's like you you know it's almost like a statement of oh i am this person now because i have this car Whereas the reality, and, and I, I, I say this like without, I cast no judgment on anybody, but the reality is I'm a person that bought a really nice car, but I'm grossly insecure, mm. right? Um, so, so, so it's like, I think that's like, I don't know if you've ever heard this saying before, but I've got a lot of buddies where they'll see someone pull up like in a, like an absurd car. They go, that guy has a really small, you know what, right? I'm like, dude, that's, that's crazy, bro. But, but that's, that's what they mean is like, they're saying that this person's so insecure that he went and spent like a house worth on a car. Right. You know? And I, I don't, I, while I don't think that tr is true at all, I, I can see the sentiment, right? Is that it's just, it's the same thing as like, oh, like people that wear um, really absurd brand name clothing. Again, nothing, nothing wrong with it. Um, but does that exist to, for most of, for the, for the majority of people, does it serve as a distraction or does it serve as something that's helping them walk towards destiny? And I, and I would argue that it's usually a distraction, you know? So, yeah. 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 I think we can often start to tear people down too and saying things like that. And, and it's easy to fall into that because it comes from envy, right? It comes from hundred well, percent. He must be insecure because he has these things. He must <laughs> yeah. be, but sometimes there's just good people that are really well, strong yeah. character and able to handle these things. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. And then you talked about what I call in one of my methods or one of my processes or pillars is the anchor method. So it works in two ways is anything you want to pursue in life, dig deep and find out why. Why do you want an yeah. APAC? Why do you want a nice car? Yeah. Why do you want to write a book? Why do you want to open a business? Why do you want to have yeah. your relationship? If you can't answer that outside of it being a selfish ambition, you probably better not, it's better to not pursue that until yeah. it can be of meaning outside of the achievement itself. Because if you achieve it, or if you lose it, then you're going to be lost because you wrapped your identity around this thing. And 
that's why I I prayed. I said, I don't want to have anything before I'm consistent in who I am with or without. And that's a hard thing to think about, right? Because to live into that. And I mean, we've been through the pandemic and I think we were hit pretty hard here in Canada. And like I was really close to losing everything I worked so hard for, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you realize like this, these are truths and we should live by these truths. Yeah. That's good, man. That, that, that really resonates for sure. Well, I think that's a perfect spot to anchor off here and lift the anchor and continue on. So Eric, I appreciate your time. Don't run from the fight. And by the time I release this, it will be out there and I highly recommend people purchase it. And then your podcast, I don't know when you're releasing it, but what's the title so people can search it? <laughs> yeah, so um, it's going to be called, so I, I'm on a couple of different podcasts. Uh, I have a men's podcast called We The Trust. Um, and then I have, a, I have a gym podcast as well, Plenty Reason, which we're going to revamp next, or man, I keep saying next year on different podcasts. So we, are, we, are, we are already here. Q1. Yeah, so, so I'm going to revamp some stuff for this year. And then one of my biggest things of, you want to talk about taking action and having imposter syndrome and stuff is I'm trying to get into YouTube this year and, and build a new podcast platform Love it. Um, because of just my personal experiences of learning. And to give you a core, like a core why is I feel like m- most of the times that I've, I've been able to be successful at something is because I've learned at the cost of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so I've avoided a lot of mistakes because I was, and I've made a lot of mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knowing you're perfect. I, but the, at the times that I actually did take advice from other people, I was able to learn from their mistakes. And just like what you said is I think true wisdom is able to not just learn from your own, but from the mistakes of others. And if we can take that, I think that's not being talked about enough. Um, I think there, there, there's so much focus on what, what makes people successful and not enough focus on kind of not almost like celebrating mistakes. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, but the channel that I'm trying to launch is called learning from mistakes. Awesome. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. And then they can find you Eric freedom on Instagram. I'll put Uh, that in the show links too. Yeah. I go by coach Eric freedom and um, ericfreedom.com. Okay. Fantastic. And then anyone's interested in my coaching program, I help people become resilient, disciplined, and consistent leaders in all the important areas of life using the true anchor or the not the true anchor method is the true alpha program using the anchor method appreciate you all listening have a great day